Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast, where we explore the challenging topics that young adults often face. Each week, we talk with guests who help answer questions of faith, life, and culture, connecting them to our daily experiences and God's Word. For more info on In Doubt, visit indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. This is Courtney. It's so good to have you with us for another episode of In Doubt. On this week's episode, we're joined by Peter Yoon, who's the next-gen pastor at Christian Life Assembly Church, and he's talking with Daniel about summer camp. You'll be able to tell pretty quick that Peter is passionate about camp ministry, and it's so great to see his commitment to youth, kids, and camp. Every single one of us could probably think of a day, a moment, or a season of our lives where there was a significant change in our relationship with God. And for some of us, that happened at summer camp. Recognizing that camp can have a massive impact on kids and adults alike, Daniel and Peter discuss both the benefits and drawbacks of camp, making note of the long-term hope and opportunities that this unique type of ministry can offer. So here's the episode with Daniel and Peter Yoon. Hey, welcome to the In Doubt Podcast. My name is Daniel Mark, and I'm joined today with Peter Yoon. Hi, guys. Just took a sip of my coffee. <laughs> oh, they gave you a coffee, dude? Yeah, yeah. It's a big deal. I'm a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> guys, it's the worst way to open up a podcast. I'm a big deal. Listen to me. Guys, we're joined today by big deal, yeah. Peter Yoon. No, that's the worst way. Um, Peter, we, we go way back. Yeah, like years. Like a year and yeah, a half. Yeah, yeah. We vaguely know one another. Well... We've had a few conversations. Yeah, we've had good conversations we in the in the year and a half. Yeah, yeah I don't know. You uh, you pastor at the church my now wife went to her whole she, life. She kind of grew up at. And so, I don't know. We just crossed paths. I feel like we had enough mutual friends, and it's kind of sometimes the way the church world works. You have to introduce yourself, even though you know who the other person is and they know who you are. I felt like it was one of those. Totally. You see good. you from afar. It's like, yeah. I totally. That's yeah. the, And that's our uh, generation, too. It's like, I've seen you on Instagram. So I know who you are. I see you tagged in a photo on Facebook, so I vaguely know who you are, but we've never met. Are you just admitting to creeping me on social media right now? Dude, you know, some people I call it loved. creeping. Other people call it research. So. Wow, that's fair. Anyways. Hey, Peter, look, we have uh, brought you on today to talk about a couple things. But first of all, tell us who you are and uh, tell us what your deal is. Yeah, those are two very ambiguous, vague questions. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you who I am. Other than my name, I'm 24. I just got married, like Daniel, which is very exciting. Um, we this were is the newlyweds. Th- podcast yeah, we were now. thinking of doing uh, a podcast on on marriage, and we thought we'd bring a lot of value to that conversation after our combined six months of experience. <laughs> but um, we thought we'd go another way, save that for a rainy day. But I'm also the um, next-gen pastor at a church in our area in the city of Langley called Christian Life Assembly. What's a next-gen pastor? Yeah, that's a great question. Our youth ministry kind of, we, we act cohesively as one kind of youth ministry, but with unique um kind of focuses on both middle school and high school. And so I give oversight to both our middle school and high school ministry and just calling it next gen gives clarity to our middle school and high school pastors so that there's, yeah, there's a cohesiveness, but also there's a uniqueness to each age group and and demographic in the way that we want to be reaching and discipling those students as well as partnering with their families. And so uh, I've been doing that or a variation of that role at at my church for the last five and a half years almost. And uh, yeah, my uh, beautiful wife, Paige, got married about five just over five months ago, uh, we've been loving life, so we live in Langley together. Um, I, Where'd you guys honeymoon? Uh, we honeymooned kind of 
everywhere. It kind of depends how you look at it. So our real actual honeymoon, the planned one, was two weeks in Greece. And then we did a couple days in Germany and in between in transit. And then we ended up doing two weeks in Korea. That's where I'm from. And uh, in case you can tell me by accent, um, uh, we did a Korean wedding too. So I got married twice. Dang. Yeah, to the same girl, to be fair. But um, married twice. The first time in June and then the second time in July, just about a month apart. So got married here in Vancouver. Uh, most of my extended family, actually, no, I should say all my extended family live in Korea. And so uh, as opposed to f- trying to fly all of them out um, and even trying to incorporate some of our kind of traditional um, ceremonial kind of aspects of a Korean wedding, we thought, oh, let's just do a wedding here. Uh, my immediate family was here, her extended family and immediate family as well as her friends here. And then we did a wedding in Korea, all our kind of extended family in Korea, and did a bit more of a, a traditional wedding over there. And so uh, kept uh, kind of everyone happy and engaged. It was awesome. And we didn't have to worry about, uh, you know, not having enough room for everyone that we did wanted. They, now, did the, the family in Korea, did they already know that you were married? Yeah, I think so. I okay. mean, like... <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, yes, because we were, yeah, we were staying together, so hopefully, yeah, no, they did, no. Um, they tried to vouch f- to to do the Korean wedding actually earlier okay, um, or before the Canadian one uh, because Korea's summer weather is just absolutely just humid and way too uncomfortable for people to get around, but um, we love the idea of doing a honeymoon in between our two weddings for some reason. That's cool. And in hindsight, wouldn't change it, so... Felt Love like we it. Made dude. a good, good decision there. Sweet man. So you're next gen pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been working at CLA for a while. Newly married, mm-hmm. and I want to talk to you today about camp ministry. Yeah, and uh, just hear about your experience with the camp. What, in a nutshell, and this, I guess, and here, here we go. Another big question: What is camp ministry? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think camp ministry is ultimately because it can be so seasonal. In a more like general overview of camp ministry, I think it's a time specifically that a group of people take away uh, to seek after things like community in the church context, things like encountering God together. And so, um, and infused with all of that is just a lot of fun, a lot of energy. Um, Camp ministry, believe it or not, isn't just for youth. Um, Often we think through that lens because it's probably the most common way we see camp ministry done. Uh, But whether it's done in the spring, summer, fall, winter, camp ministry, I think for me, especially within the, the church ministry context, is an allotted time set apart for people to go after community, fun, and encountering Jesus together uh, out of our daily or weekly or even monthly rhythms of our lives. And I think there's something to be said specifically about that. Um, I'll give a little bit of a context of how kind of I got involved with camp ministry as a whole. So the church that I'm a part of, the church that I work for, I also attended since I was 10 years old. And so Ever since I've attended that church or our church, we've had a youth summer camp ministry uh, available for people from age 11 to essentially 30. So it was like middle school, high school, and young adults. We had three camps running all the time uh, since I've been at our church. And so I I think I've been to, this was my 16th camp this past August. Wow. Yeah, my fifth on staff and my 16th in a row, not having missed one. So, uh, and it's been the same campsite uh, over on Vancouver Island near Duncan at Couchin River Bible Camp. Shout out to them. Uh, but we've been there, like I've been there my summer every year for the last 16 years of my life. That's what you're saying, is, you've engraved your name in every bunk bed. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't vandalize. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, like a, I'm like a good person like that. Um, no, I, uh, so I grew up 
again, going to these summer camps. Um, and what's unique is I think less and less of local churches uh, would run their own summer camps. And that's for kind of a variety of reasons. Um, first, it's like a logistically very hard thing to plan for one local church to kind of galvanize its resources, uh, gather the volunteers that are necessary. It's it's quite difficult. And second, um, because most churches don't own property, they're having to rent out property at uh, another campsite. And, and again, the kind of infrastructure that's required to run a camp through a local church is quite difficult. And so what happens with most youth ministries is that they'll join a camp that's run, uh, whether that be something more established or something that's newer, or they'll join with other youth groups to try to do a combined one. And so in our area, uh, you know, we've got uh, summer camps like Green Bay, Quanos. These are big camps that a lot of youth groups would funnel their students to in the summer. Fortunately for us, we've been able to run our own youth summer camps, just our students, just our kids through our local church for the last, yeah, 15, 16 years. And so it's been a real gift. Uh, and I think the, the the plus there of our local church being able to run our own summer camp is that we get to drive kind of culture and community. And one thing that we love to say at camp is that we get to take camp home. Because we're doing it with the people that we're doing life with, uh, there seems to be a bit more of a continuity as opposed to uh, gathering with other people that uh, maybe you didn't know before the camp experience. And so nothing bad about that. I love I love camp ministry. But really, the only experience I have of um, being a part of or running a camp has been through a local church. I've spoken at uh, a lot of camps that are run by like an organization like Aquanos or Green Bay and uh, camps that are run by other local churches or groups of youth ministries. Um, and all those camps have been have been really cool and, and inspiring and galvanizing to my faith. And so, um, yeah, camp ministry, I believe in it lots. But I would say back to the original question in a real general sense, camp ministry is just, yeah, and a lot of time for people to, to, to set apart to go after things like community and encountering Jesus together. And then within the youth ministry context, um, I just think like, Camp ministry is like youth ministry, like on steroids for a week, because it's just like you get a whole year of meaningful ministry sometimes condensed in a week because there's nothing like it. Again, I think there's something to be said about the whole set apart retreat thing. For thousands of years, followers of Jesus have been practicing this idea of retreat, getting away from our daily distractions or rhythms that we're used to, um, the comforts that we lean on or can often become the crutches. And then when you set apart time, A, you build relationships because um, you're out of your daily rhythms and in a really cool and healthy way, you find yourself maybe in an uncomfortable or unfamiliar place and situation. And you just bond over games and laughter and dinner and lunch and breakfast. Think about like six days as a teenager where you're sharing a meal three times a day with people your age and you're playing really fun games and you're being a kid and you're laughing lots, you're hearing the word of God, and then there's space for you to encounter Jesus and go after that in the context of community. It really is youth ministry on steroids. It's like you get to see often what you would see in one year of doing youth ministry if you're just part of a youth group, uh, you know, maybe as a small group leader or whatever, weekly in a whole school year, you'd see that in one week or five days at a summer camp because that's just what happens. Relationships are built when there's kind of shared experiences, so quality time and quantity time. And, and that's kind of what camp provides in a really meaningful way. And so, yeah, in the youth ministry world, camp ministry is freaking awesome. And um, my own story actually is so interwoven into camp ministry. Um, 
And maybe that's one of the reasons I believe in it so much is not only have I had like a front row seat to life change of just dozens and dozens and hundreds of young people in front of me, uh, both as a pastor who's run camp and as a volunteer leader when I was in high school because I volunteered for middle school growing up, uh, but also as a as a person who experienced Jesus in such meaningful ways, in such like milestone ways at camp. Um, if I can point to a few moments that really are so such significant markers in my journey with the, Jesus. The watershed moments. Really. Yeah, yeah, I like in grade six or going into grade six when I was 11, that was the moment at camp when faith became my own. Uh, like you, I grew up with my dad being a pastor and grew up around the idea of God and church. And I don't think I ever doubted his existence or even his goodness at the time. But there's a difference between knowing that there's a benevolent deity and having a relationship with Jesus of the Bible. And so uh, it was when I was at camp in middle school that I encountered Jesus in a, in a way uh, that was so personal, so powerful, uh, and so specific, and and it really changed my life. And so, and then when I was, I think it was the following year, I felt called into ministry. Um, and so, as we talk about even when you were twelve, yeah, twelve, thirteen, yeah. Wow. And um, and if you think about middle school ministry, maybe that's another reason that I am so passionate specifically about that group. Or maybe not not that I'm more passionate about that, that than middle or than high school, but uh, the reason I'm passionate about I guess advocating for middle school ministry and middle school camp is because despite how smelly and, and stinky we are at that age, it's just amazing and, and in kids' lives too, just to see the way God work radically. And I remember that moment where I felt the sincere call and pull to, towards vocational ministry. And I actually did kind of have a picture of what it looked like because of my dad and my and my mom. And I'm like a third generational pastor. Um, and so it was kind of like, oh, like I knew, like, I mean, it was naive in a lot of ways. There's this childlike faith. I didn't know all the costs, of course, or the decisions I'd have to make um, or what obedience looked like, felt like, all of that. But it was sincere in terms of like knowing what I thought God was calling me to. And even in like the three, four years where I walked away from the Lord in high school, I always went to summer camp. And it was kind of always that thing that always like grew this love for Jesus or even like this interest in Jesus, even when I wasn't interested. And it was um, and it was just God working and moving in my heart. And, uh, and so I'm really connected uh, to camp ministry because it changed my life radically. And I've got youth leaders, you know, to thank for the rest of my life, for uh, the voice that they wore, the encouragement that they brought, the community that they pulled me into. But ultimately, uh, ultimately, it's just been year over year. I've just seen God change lives at camp. And it's not like a f- simple formula, uh, but in a lot of ways, it is simple couple of the key ingredients is just create space. You bring people, healthy leaders, and uh, and good things happen. Yeah. Um, what are some, if you can share some stories, what are some stories from camp that you've witnessed that have just like, you know, the, as working in ministry and then even when you were just volunteering in high school ministry and things, what, what are some stories that have impacted you yeah. tremendously that you're like, wow, yeah, I would, I, I'm all in on camp ministry because yeah. of these things. Um, well, I'll just go back to this past summer. So just over three months ago um, in August, our most recent camp, we I had a conversation with a kid. What age? Uh, this was at, high, at our high school camp. So he was probably 16. And um, 
he just had been going through just the worst year and none of us had any idea uh, he was kind of connected to our youth ministry but not you know not regularly attending you sure what he's going through kind of thing or yeah he was just going through a ton of mental health things and so he was like just wrestling with um, so much anxiety panic attacks uh, depression and uh, he was actually coming out of the hospital and then he shares at camp just how meaningful the past four days that had been like um, towards the end of camp at that time when we talked about how much joy he felt and how like for the first time in months he felt like there was a reason to wake up and the love that he felt from his father in heaven and I was like oh like this is these are the moments and, and can those moments happen outside of camp of course course but there's something to be said especially for a guy like that who just kind of felt just stuck in this uh place where uh, he couldn't get out to be in a place that's outside of his again his weekly or daily rhythms and then a couple of years ago i remember uh one of our middle school girls got healed from i want to say it was a, either a dairy or gluten-free allergy uh i said gluten-free gluten allergy and yeah. um we had a moment in our morning chapel where we just kind of taught on prayer ministry. One of our favorite um, definitions of prayer ministry that we'd love to teach to our students is it's meeting the needs of others based on God's resources, not ours. So we just say, hey, prayer ministry is a moment where we get to serve and, and love one another in prayer. Uh, it's not a moment for us to counsel or whatever. And we taught on this and we kind of release people to pray for their friends and in their cabins and stuff like that. And one of the things we just prayed for is, hey, we just believe God heals today and uh, we don't have all the answers around why he heals some people and not others, but we just want to release you to do this. And yeah, and it, and I remember seeing this galvanize and like just strengthen this girl's faith who was like 11 at the time, I think. And I remember being like, oh yeah, like what a special thing that she'll never forget for the rest of her life. That like a group of girls in her cabin leader put a hand on her shoulder and, and said, oh, we just think that God cares about your allergy. And um, yeah, and so there's like tons of stories like that of healing uh, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically. There's stories of people who like came in such uh, with such a hardened heart towards Jesus and the church. And like you said, after a week of just spending time with his church and encountering him, just leave literally totally different from the way they walked in. Uh, to the point where like parents and families are, you know, scratching their heads in almost disbelief. Like, oh my gosh, the, the kid that we sent off to camp a week ago was not the kid that came back. And I think that's just a testament to the, the goodness and grace of, of Jesus. And um, yeah, but every year, just dozens of stories. Uh, we baptized, I think, 15 students between middle school and high school this past summer through camp. And uh, I don't know, even in my last five years on staff, I've probably seen, we've probably baptized like 150 people, uh, maybe more, maybe less. But um, it's just crazy. And again, that's not to, to brag about anything than just the transforming power of Jesus and, and the kind of ministry that happens and the decisions that young people make when they experience Jesus in a real way that's sincere and authentic. And so, yeah, that's mm. beautiful. So can I ask you a controversial question then? Oh, yeah. Which is kind of fun. I'll play devil's advocate here, though. But one critique I often hear about camp ministry is that you you get a bunch of smelly, sweaty teenagers into a room, get them all hyped up, get them all emotional. And then when you finally do the altar call, and of course, everyone wants to do it because they've had this really hyped up emotional week. But then they go back home and then they like quickly the, the camp life fades away. 
and then they fall out of it, and then yeah. they're back to the same kid that they were. So yeah. like, yeah, the the parents they send the kid back, and the kid came back completely yeah. different. Yeah, and then they come back, and a month later, the same kid that yeah. that was there before. Yeah. So the the question is, is camp ministry just a hype thing? Right. And it's, I don't even know if it's controversial. I think it's like a real thing. I think there's like aspects of camp that is just, it's hype. Like, you know, like if anything that you look forward to with that kind of like marketing energy and planning, I think will just inevitably give this feeling of hype. And so in that sense, of course, it is hype. And I've heard someone say it's only hype if it isn't real. And I think you're right. I think not just in camp, but in general in ministry as pastors, we have to be really careful about what manipulation can look like. And and often we can like manipulate the space and the environment without us even like thinking or knowing. And maybe it's based on how we grew up encountering youth ministry or whatever. And you're right. I think there's moments where it is very hyper emotional and we'd be very cautious. So, uh, for example, there was this one one year there was a really emotional night on a Wednesday night at camp in our high school ministry. And kids started calling it cry night. And then for the couple camps after, they were like, oh, I can't wait for cry night. I can't wait for it. And I was like, oh, what a what an unhealthy thing to like kind of label and go after because it's also unhealthy or unhelpful even to describe one emotion to be the right response to Jesus doing something in your heart, right? Uh, To go, Hey, you have to cry or it's not sincere or, or, and, and that's, that's poor and unhelpful theology to go, Hey, you know, if God is working in your life, if you cry, if you blank, if you jump, if you laugh. And so, Yes, we are cautious of that. And I think you're right. There is a what what people would call, I guess, a camp high and then a, a bit of a camp crash. And again, what's beautiful about doing camp ministry through a local church context They go is, from the camp yeah, and, and it continues with the local church. Yeah, and I think in youth ministry, like in any other ministry, we're not calling people to a week of discipleship to Jesus. We're calling them to lifelong discipleship to Jesus. So there's a mandate on the pastors and the, and the lay leaders to to disciple and to walk and to shepherd people accordingly to that vision. And yeah, we always say like, how sucky would it be if the only time you can encounter God was seven days out of 365 of the year? Which is a reality for some people. Right. And so we, we just try to preach and teach this idea of lifelong friendship to Jesus while not downplaying the significant moments. I think like humans do, we just have to be careful about swinging to either extreme. This idea of like, oh, you know, non-emotional, strictly just intellectual encounters with God to like, oh, just manipulative, emotional hype responses to God. I think there's both. God's made us as intellectual and emotional beings, and uh, we don't have to shy away from either of those. You don't have to check your mind at the door, but you don't have to check your heart either, you know? And uh, Yeah, I think, well, exactly what you're saying is we can tend to view that like, well, true Christianity is actually just studying the Bible and you're knowing this, but at the same time, it is a relationship, and you do experience God, and every single person, when they get saved, that's a really emotional thing, and, like, let's not forget that, and let's not see that as a, a bad thing, and I think you're, like, kind of what you're saying, you don't want to just chase the emotion, yeah. like, cry night, that's, I think if you're going into Christianity for that, chasing, a, like, a worship experience, right? that's, like, the wrong way to go about it, you obviously want to go to worship God for who he is. Yeah. And so I would just say for those who are a part of camp ministry, just know that your part to play is a significant one, but it's one 
section, hopefully, of a young person's lifelong discipleship to Jesus. And I think if we can see it like that, almost like a catalyst to someone's faith, of course, it's important. All of us would probably be able to recount uh, a season of our lives or a day or a moment or a weekend or a week where we would say there was a significant change or there was something that God did in a real meaningful way. And again, I think that just happens when you set time apart for the Lord. Like how many, we're not any of us are spending you know, every day of our lives constantly just around healthy community going after uh, things of the Lord together. And um, I think when you just do that, and that's what camp ministry is, beautiful things happen. But the hype of camp ministry is a real thing. It's a real challenge. Even us coming out of camp, going into our fall launch right away, there's just things that you have to be willing to teach. Uh, And I think that's with everything. Things like, oh, I love the way um, I experience God in worship at camp. You have to teach that. There is something unique about camp for sure. There's something beautiful about it. But your ability to experience Jesus in fullness is for one reason or due to one reason. That's because of what Jesus did on the cross. That means you can experience him in as real and meaningful, powerful of a way uh, here in, in your room or here at, you know, youth group or here on a Sunday morning or here at your school than you could have at camp. And I think it's also teaching young people that, again, because it's lifelong friendship and relationship with Jesus, like not every day is going to feel like this great epiphany and this emotional moment where like everything clicks, you know. Um, and I think that's maybe due to some of our even social media world that feeds into this idea that every moment of your life needs to be a highlight. And if it's not, it's not real or sincere. And, and it's just kind of ironic, that, 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 that way of thinking. But I think it's definitely bled into youth ministry and camp ministry and the way that we approach it. But I, just think, I think just as a pastor, you have to be willing to teach that, uh, this idea of lifelong relationship and friendship and discipleship to Jesus while not downplaying and sacrificing or throwing away beautiful moments that are offered in camp ministry. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think to summarize it then, it's like camp is a means to the end. And the end is Christ. But So camp isn't like the thing you chase. It's an excellent tool that can be used in the discipleship. And like it, it just, for example, for you, like, and even for myself, those weekends away consistently over a lifetime, we don't know the impact that they had on us, but we look at ourselves now still walking in the faith thinking, do you know what? I have experienced the Lord in incredible ways at camps and, uh, and he's met with me there. Mm-hmm. And those sort of things are, I always like to describe it as like Ebenezer's, you know, in the Old Testament where the Lord would, it would he told them, he said, hey, uh, set up this, these stones and this will be an Ebenezer. And then, and then you can tell your kids one day when they ask you and your grandkids, hey, what are these stones here? Right. And you can tell your kids, well, this is what the Lord did for us. And we set that up so we can remember that. And I always try and think about like my experience at camp and you know, these emotional experiences that even when it doesn't feel like faith is real, because you're right, like there's times where it just, it goes, like you don't feel great about your life and your walk with Christ and you're just discouraged or whatever. Tucking away, I've always tried to tuck away those Ebenezer's in my mind and be like, but there was a time and a moment where it was so real. Yeah. And I can't, I can't shake that. I can't forget that. Yeah. Uh, like I can't, I just, I can't explain it. Yeah, and yeah. so I think there is a, using camp as a tool as an Ebenezer is, is amazing. Mm-hmm. So l- let's let's just end with this then. Uh, if there are students or high school uh, students, like so, maybe college students, high school students, 
who are thinking about getting involved with a camp ministry. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess that you're going to encourage them yeah. into doing that. What kind of guidance would you give them as they approach doing that? Because some kids are going to be like, I'm going to work the entire summer yeah, at a yeah. camp and make no money. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that wise? Or yeah. I guess they're just volunteering? Or, yeah. you know, should they just volunteer a little bit of time? Yeah. Like, how, how would you guide kids in that? Yeah, there's a couple of ways to look at it. I think it's one of the best ways you can spend a summer, though, no doubt. Um, every follower of Jesus is called to make disciples who make disciples. It's not exclusive to pastors, not exclusive to the most executive leaders or somehow the most influential or the most intellectual or the most gifted. Every follower of Jesus is called to make disciples that make disciples. And so camp ministry will teach you how to do that in a shorter amount of time, more effectively than almost anything else I can see out there. In terms of like your leadership development, the way that you're placed in uncomfortable positions where you're like, you know, almost forced to be on your knees, uh, where you realize, hey, this is the end of my rope and the beginning of where God's, you know, miracles start and, and his work and, and his uh, the way that his kingdom operates. Camp ministry is the best experience of that. And so I would say go for it. Like if you're a a high school student who's got the summer or you're a young adult even between uni, like I just, like money, like the eight ten thousand $10,000, if you're like, I don't know, have a ball and job, the $15,000 you can make in the three months or whatever. Um, I, I'm not even saying don't think about, you know, what wisdom would have to say about financial stewardship or, or, or any of that. But I would just say like, an investment into the next generation and your leadership development and your ability to disciple the people around you, those are metrics in the kingdom that are invaluable. And ultimately, I would just say the metric in the kingdom of God ultimately is down to obedience. And so if God is calling you to it or you feel like, hey, this would be a great experience, don't fight it. It probably will be. Again, it's just a window into what it looks like to be a disciple maker in God's kingdom. And you'll learn lots about yourself. Uh, and you'll probably fall in love with it. And most people I know that are uh, involved in camp ministry rarely do it just for one year. It's like people with tattoos, you know? Yeah, you either have like no tattoos or a bunch of them. It's just like once you're in, it's just kind of like addicting yeah. uh, because of the life change and transformation that you see. It's just inspiring. Um, but again, it's supposed to give a window to lifelong friendship to Jesus. And so uh, camp ministry isn't the be all end all like we talked about, but it's a significant ministry that uh, catalyzes so many people's faith and um, brings people closer to Jesus. So I would say go for it. Love it. Well, Peter, we are uh, at the end of our time here, but thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it lots. I'm really glad Peter was able to join us for this episode and share his passion for what camp ministry can do in someone's life. If you're interested in being involved in summer camp in any way, I'd absolutely encourage you to do it for any length of time. Summer camp was a part of my life growing up, and it made a huge difference to me, but it wasn't until I volunteered with the teens that I could see a change not just in their lives, but in mine as well. Summer camp and any form of camp ministry is incredible. If you're thinking about it and are unsure, look into it. If the application's open on your computer and you just haven't filled it out, send it in. Or maybe you're already signed up and are looking forward to camp this year. Either way, I hope that you found encouragement through this episode and get involved with camp in some way. All the links will be up on the episode page online for anything that was mentioned in this episode. So if you're curious at all, definitely take a look. And if you missed last week's episode or any episode at all and want to go back, check out InDoubt online on Spotify, Apple, or on the InDoubt app where you can find all of our past conversations. 
Check back with us next week for a brand new episode where Isaac is joined by Catherine Butler, where we're discussing the questions surrounding the topic of -of end-of-life medical care. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more, subscribe on iTunes and Spotify or visit us online at indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. We're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 